Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, one and all. Welcome to another edition of To Tell the Truth. My name is Paul Truesdell, and our contestant today is all of those who are trying to tell us that there's the COVID, COVID, the COF, COF flu. Why can't we just call it what it is, the Wuhan flu? Why, you know, we had the Spanish flu, right? Had the swine flu. I like the Wuhan flu. But, you know, here's the thing. I'm not going to go all Alex Jones on you. This is not going to be, you know, the smoking gun. We're not going to do any of that stuff. Nope, not going to do that. I'd like to do that, but we're not going to do that. We are going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the six-month safety and efficacy of the BNT162B2 mRNA COVID vaccine. Now, that's a mouthful. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, and Longview Forecasting. Practical forecasting for the busy professional and business owner. The Paul Truesdell Podcast. General business and economic observations. Individual wealth. Tips, tricks, tools, or techniques. And things that made Paul raise his eyebrows, shake his head and purse his lips while taking a deep breath. Let's get started. I'm going to start with a little bit of a story, if you don't mind. I want to go back to around 19, it was either 82, 83, 80, see I got hurt in 84, I, by, probably around 1983, I think it was. Anyways, I was upstairs and caught a, uh, I caught a, a uh, sexual battery case. And anyways, one thing led to another. And I think I was working as a midnight detective. I don't remember all the circumstances anymore. Time began to get away from me. But here's the, here was the thing. I had a lady who, um, n- normal looking lady, uh, and she was at Tampa General Hospital. And um, I had to interview her. This is you know, the days in which you just, you did what you had to do. And um, she had the uh, sexual assault kit, the doctor, nurse, whoever did the exam on her. And, and uh, yeah, so she was, uh, she was assaulted. And they, they do a, a pregnancy test on these people. And I remember um, the person who did the rape kit on her, as we called it at the time, you know, not a sexual battery, but we called it a rape kit. And they, they said to me, hey, you know, just so you know, she's pregnant. Wait a minute, you can't get pregnant that quick. I mean, I'm, I'm not the brightest star in the sky. I don't, sharpest crane in the box, but for God's sake, you don't, yeah, well, you know, obviously she had a relationship with uh, with somebody beforehand, and so she's married. And uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, the case is the case is the case. Anyway, so I wound up investigating, uh, doing the research, the whole nine yards, um, doing the research, doing the investigation. And uh, she signed affidavits, the whole nine year- yards, walked a warrant down to uh, the courthouse and got a warrant for the rest of the guy. Right? It was a uh, person that she knew. And it was one of those holiday parties, and um, he took advantage of her. So I, uh, circumstances were such that I had to walk a warrant only because of the fact the circumstances were such the guy had had, uh, had priors, okay? Had priors. And it's a long story. I'm not going to go into all the, the gory details. But I uh, go and get a deputy. I go out to a brand in Florida, and um, we cuff and stuff the guy. I bring him back to uh, 1710 Tampa Street, which is now the law school down Tampa, Stetson Law School, the uh, Tampa side campus. We were there. I took him upstairs. We have a conversation. This guy is like absolutely...
absolutely devastated. And, you know, the shoulders roll. He's just completely out of, you know, just he's done. I feel pretty good that we've got the guy. And then he starts to talk and we have a conversation. I'm just shooting a breeze with him. And he tells me, no, it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, they had intercourse. No doubt about it. They they had relationship. And he said, but this has been my girlfriend for quite some time. And he's married and she's married. And this has been going on for a long time. He goes, and she's pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah. I know she says she's pregnant and it's mine. At least that's what I'm led to believe. Okay. So we wind up having him stay in the uh, holding cell and I wind up going and finding the husband. And I did it in such a way that we were able to get lucky. Make a long story short, Husby, Hubby, uh, he's shooting blanks. He's been fixed. He had the old snip snip. So one thing leads to another. I got to get this gal back. I'm shortening the story and making it so it, it, uh, it, we don't need to go into it. There's a reason why I'm telling this when it comes to COVID. I wind up getting the gal. I get a female a detective come with me. We have a conversation and then she admits, yes, she's been doing the hokey pokey with this guy and blah, blah, blah. She's pregnant and, and uh, she doesn't want to have an abortion, but she also can't have the child with a husband who, you know, yada, yada, yada. So she made up the story that uh, she got raped. Well, the guy had those responses, like he was just like, just devastated and just, you know, people have different responses to different things. That's the important thing. Some people would be screaming and hollering, I didn't do that. Other people just, he had this response of just complete collapse because he was in love with her. He wanted to leave his wife. He wanted to marry her. She was pregnant. Hey, this is the reason to get going. Everything's all good and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's what was going on. So she finally admitted what she uh, what she did. Yes, it was voluntary. And yes, she you know, made up the story and blah, blah, blah. And she apologized to it. We wound up advising of her rights. You have the right to remain silent. Yada, yada, yada. Took her statement. Said, you know, we got to clear the guy, et cetera, et cetera. She gives her statement again. We go and get on recording. She signs everything. And I cuff her. She literally lost her cookies. I cuffed her and stuffed her. I didn't walk a warrant. I literally cuffed her and stuffed her, wrote the affidavit, put her in jail and went back to the guy and said, you know, just so you know, you've been released, yada, yada, yada. Um, we walked a warrant. We did everything we had to do. And um, if you're thinking about suing, just remember we covered our ass by walking a warrant the whole nine yards. And this is what she did to you. And he was, he was not mad. He understood. He said, I'd do exactly the same thing. Never heard from him again. Never heard from her again. Did uh, look up in the records one day and found out that he and she divorced. And well, they all divorced. I don't know who, I don't know whatever happened. All I know is that she wound up pleading guilty and got a slap on the wrist. She should have served time, far as I was concerned, because she literally was in the process of ruining this guy's life. And I did everything right. Right by the book. Okay. It's one of those things you had to do what you had to do. Here's the thing. What you got to do is you got to follow the evidence. You've got to act on what you know at the time. You have spoilage. You have flight. You have a lot of things that require you to make decisions that later on you have to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The circumstances have now changed. And I say that because when my office and I, we began learning about the COVID, which was in actually November of 2019, we anticipated this to be really bad. We anticipated that the pandemic of 2019 going into 20 would be similar to what it was back in 1919 when my father went through it with my mother, when people, they were little kids at the time, were dropping dead all over the green earth. Now, we went into overdrive when it came to being healthy, wearing masks, making sure that any client that came by, we, we just were crazy protected. We used to wash the floors in the office every single day, twice a day. We disinfected the porch. I mean, we did everything. I mean, I can just go, what we did was so overboard because we really anticipated that the response of the Chinese was so severe, this thing was some, really going to be unbelievable. Remember at the time, the Democrats, and we're going to go Republican, Democrat on this, were saying that Trump and everybody was responding way, just 
absolutely ridiculous. You know, this is utterly ridiculous way you're responding. You're, you're xenophobes and everything else. And everything flipped. Remember that? Everything flipped. And if you think I'm lying, and I'm, no, I'm not lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying. This is exactly what happened. We had a complete flip on everything. But what's important, you have to deal with the information you have at the time, right? Pretty rapidly around, oh, I would say it was about March and April. You, you have to understand we do forecasting here. We do money management. We do anything. It's all based on forecasting. We You use the information you have and you make unemotional decisions. Now, I like to get up on a soapbox and scream and holler when I know what I'm talking about. And in this case, I know what I'm talking about. And slowly over time, we was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Something's not right here. And so when you dig into what an RNA virus and then a DNA and you go through all the crap, all you got to get your terminology down. Now, one of the things I do is I talk in what I call shaggy dog style. I go here, go there, kind of run around and then the story comes to a conclusion. It's kind of like one of those TV shows that you see. Okay. So I tell you the story about this sexual battery I had as a detective and I make an arrest. Everything's solid. I get the, I get the warrants. Everything's good. But wait a minute, something and then one thing leads to another and you know, you got to finish up the whole nine yards. Now, here's the thing. When you say, well, maybe you shouldn't have made that arrest so quickly. No, you have to understand <laughs> I'm not the only person on the case. I'm the lead on the case, but it's like, this is clear cut. Everybody, you know, this is clear cut, but it's sometimes not always what it appears, but you don't have the luxury of hindsight being 2020. You have to go with what you got at the time. That's what we did when it came to COVID. So on this page, there's going to be a PDF that you can look at. I've marked up a few things. You can read it on your own. So let's begin with the first page when you have Judith, who is with Pfizer. She's the corresponding author for all these people who have collaborated on this study or has some type of part in it. You'll notice that on page two, they talk about the abstract and talk about the methodology. So we have 44,165 people over the age of 16 who are participants in the study, 2,264 between the age of 12 and 15. And they're randomized and they receive two doses, 21 days apart, and you can go through all the things. Here's the thing. They do have a placebo. Okay. It's like the old sugar pill. They didn't get anything. And then they got those that got the shot. So we're looking at, what are we looking at? We're looking at Pfizer. Now let's just pause for just a minute. This is, we're going to check to see what is the performance of the vaccine. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at the performance of the vaccine. This thing is written in such a way that it's difficult for 99% of the people to figure it out. There's language in here that's completely crapola. The conclusion, they have a favorable safety profile that was highly effective. Here's the thing. They say that the vaccine is highly safe. Okay. That's not the point. That is literally not the point. It doesn't look at the long-term effects. What you have to do is look at the short-term, and this is what this is. This is a short-term analysis of the vaccine. You cannot make a conclusion that it's safe on a long-term basis, which is the implied statement here. This is what the press is going to pick up on. Now, if we dig down into, let's see, I think it's going to be page six. During the blinded controlled period, 14 placebo recipients died during the open label period. Here's the point. What did they tell you? 14 people who got the placebo died of COVID. That's the implication. You have to look at words very carefully. These words are parsed and that really burns my butt. Okay? So it's a bad conclusion. What they're not stating here is 16 people died following an injection. Two more than 14. You dig through the whole thing. You look at those who had adverse reactions. And this stuff is really, it's kind of difficult to read, but they say that this alleviates the theoretical concerns over potential vaccine um, 
disease enhancement. No, it does not. You take a look at the tables down below. This was I just quoted from page seven. Okay, let's keep on going down as I'm paging and paging and paging and let's kind of get down to where I want to get to. So what we're going to do is we're going to go down to page 14. I've highlighted the uh, the legend and I find it really interesting the way they did this because this is different from what they did with, with everything else. I don't, it was kind of weird, but they, they show the number of people who had adverse events, okay, two and three, and they talk about people who withdrawal from the program and they talk about adverse events after one dose of 25 and then 25 pregnancies, the physician decisions to terminate the thing. And then you get them to come to deaths on, the, on a correlated basis. There were two and you go down to the next one after the dose two, 14 deaths, 13 deaths. So in other words, it's like the movie Groundhog Day. When the nurse says to Bill Murray in the hospital, sometimes people die and he says not today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, gather from far and near, lend me your ears so I can piddle in them and tell you sometimes people just die. So you have all of these people, you know, 46, 47, 8,000 people. Sometimes people die. It just is what it is. That's what it's going to be. But you look at the numbers, there is basically a 99% correlation. Then you go to, which really irks me, page 15 and you see this. Oh, the people with the placebo had so much more. You're looking at fractions of a percent and they were using this to tell a story that doesn't exist. You know, if I if I took the stock market and, and I took two or three days, I could I could make you think everything is roses. I could take another two or three days and tell you everything is coming up mud. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. That's not a good representation sample. So their sample is crap. But if you go and look at the vaccine group right below that and you then start correlating those numbers, I've highlighted them for you. Why is it those with the placebo basically don't have any statistical reasonable difference? 8.412 versus 8.124, Go through and look at that. Well, they, these are almost identical. Some are a little bit higher, some a bit lower. And that's the point. Here's the thing. You've got a problem with people who are lying, lying to you about the vaccine. They're lying to you about its effectiveness. And I'm not going to get into in this podcast what the vaccine does to inhibit the ability to naturally protect yourself when you have variants. Listen, here, here's Here's the thing. When you have a virus, it's a living thing. Viruses want to live. They will mutate. And so if you do certain things, you actually are causing yourself more problems down line. So if you got a hole in your screen and you go out and buy a fly swatter to hit the flies, you know what's going to happen? Eventually, one of those flies, you're not going to hit with your fly swatter. You still have a hole in the screen. The fly is going to get in. The fly makes fly batter with another fly, you know, male and female. They make fly baby batter. And all of a sudden, before you know it, one day you wake up, you got flies all over your house. That simple concept is what you need to understand about vaccinations. If you were to simply fix the screen, the flies in the house, even if you don't bother with them, yeah, they're a pain in the ass. But you occasionally kill them and you get rid of them and, you know, they're done. But if you focus on the flies now and you keep the screen, eventually they keep coming in, especially if you've got food or you got perfume or something that's attracting them, you got a bright light. They just keep coming in. If you continue to allow the hole in the screen, which is what's going on when you do not have a naturally developed immunity, they're saying, oh, no, no, no. This is, you got you to get a shot. You got to get a shot. You got to take a pill. You got to go and get Tinkerbell to sprinkle the magic pixie dust. No, sometimes if you're fat, what you need to do is take in less calories and burn more calories. The only way you're going to lose weight is to what? Have a deficit on calories. The only way you're 
way you're going to get in shape is to what? Do strength, endurance, and flexibility training. Does this sound familiar? I've been talking about it for years on a daily basis. You need natural, natural, natural nutrition, hydration, everything in what? What do I always say? In moderation. It's not rocket science. So when you look at this report and you actually dig in the numbers and you can really dig into this thing. Now they got to talk about Native Americans, Asians, Hawaiians, black, white. Go through all of it. What are you going to see? Oh, well, you have some islanders, a multiracial, they have some deviations there, but pretty much in the high 80s to 100% correlations. You Please tell me you understand where I'm going with this thing. When you have this kind of a correlation between... <laughs> got the vax and those who, nope, not me, didn't. You got to sit back and say, okay, when I put a foreign object in my body, which is what this is, and my statistical odds are, I'm still going to get the COVID. You see, a lot of the statistics that are coming out of the British health services are showing that those who got the shot are winding up with a really bad situation. And I believe if you look at the current CDC reports, even CNN can't keep it under wraps. Yeah, we got to go back to mass. Why? Because those of you who drink the Kool-Aid, you're screwing the rest of us. Guess what? It's no different than the movie Groundhog Day. Sometimes people die. Due to Paul's extensive holdings and that of his clients, you should assume that he and his firms have a position in all companies discussed and that a conflict of interest exists. By listening to this podcast and using this website in any manner, you understand the information presented is provided for informational purposes. Nothing said, written, or otherwise communicated in any form should be construed as an offer, recommendation, or solicitation to buy or sell a security. Do they think I'm doing this for fun? Yes! So last night, I can't help but love that dude. So I, last night, we're talking about this, okay? And I'm going through this, I'm going through this, I'm going through this. We were up really late talking about this. And here's what the thing is. We're probably going to create an investment portfolio strictly based upon the data that we have here. And I'm not going to share it on public in any way, shape, or form. I'll share it on a one-to-one -one basis. It's in development. Probably going to work on it the majority of the weekend. But when you see it, I'll present it to my clients on an individual basis. Everybody who is not a client, sorry, you're not getting it. But my clients, I'll be presenting it to them on an individual basis. It makes so much sense. It goes back to my days when Harry Dent, the forecaster, was talking about the market and population and everything else. So here's the thing. Follow the numbers. Follow the trends, but use common sense. Use the information you have now. You got to use the information now, but when the facts change, surprise, surprise, surprise. you got to change. What we're seeing is everybody is doubling down on their views. Shame, Shame, shame. You can't do that. You can't do that. You see, you've got to be willing to call horse when it's horse. <laughs> this is horse. Mitch, there's something you're going to have to understand. Compared to you, most people have the IQ of a carrot. So that's the key thing. Compared to most people? Yeah. IQ of a carrot. I get that. Boy, do I get that. But you need to understand. Got to adjust. This thing stinks, okay? This thing stinks. You're fired! That's what I like to say to Fauci and a whole bunch of these people. Things don't make sense. And we've screwed the economy something fierce. That, what does that mean economically? There's ways to make money on this. There's a way to make money. So if you're in real estate, location, 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 right? Timing, timing, timing. In this case, there are ways to make money on other people's misery. This has been the Paul Truesdell Podcast, sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial and Longview Forecasting.
For more information about fixed cost financial and long view forecasting, visit the website for the conglomerate of Truesdell Companies at truesdell.net or call the corporate offices for the Truesdell Companies at 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. All rights reserved. This song is called uh, American Dream, and it's one of the songs that we have rights to, and I tend to use it periodically. The point being is that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, life sucks, okay? If you got a chance to go to bed last night, you had a good day. If you got up in the morning, you had a good night. Anything other than that, quit bitching and complaining about it. It is what it is what it is. Focus on yourself. Ignore all this crap. Let us take care of the things that we do. You'll be a whole lot better off. This Surveys like this, and, and again, there's other things out there, other reports. It just blows me away. It used to really upset me. I'm, uh, I'm become a big boy. I'm getting used to it. But still, at the same time, you want to sometimes just uh, scream. But when you are at the level of, like, say, a PhD, and you're trying to teach kindergartners, it doesn't match. So you gotta find a way to communicate efficiently and effectively. And that's what I'm trying to do here. What I'm simply telling you is that you have to follow the numbers. Real numbers don't lie, but liars use numbers all the time. And you saw that in this report when they use a small sample to show you how big or bad something is. This, man, I just can't figure out what the end game is. Doesn't make sense to me. If you've got it figured out, let me know. 